I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, January 22, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So the market had a sell-off today, and what I want to do is go back and review the last couple of days And then we'll go forward and we'll talk about what the expectations are. So before we do that, let me first take a pause and thank everybody who participates, makes comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I really appreciate the interaction. Please keep up the great work. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. If you go back... To last week, we started discussing the fact that we were getting into the zone. The market was going to be able to make a turn at any point in time once we got into the zone. So the other day on Thursday, we stopped short of the important 263 number, or we stopped on the number. The following day, which was Friday, we gapped higher, we filled the gap, and they closed very well above the 265.37. Now, obviously, I got a ton of emails. Are you going to make a video over the weekend? What happened? The market's going higher. I understand all that, but nothing changed. And that was the response to each and every one of you that sent the email. Nothing has changed. I said the market can go a lot higher than most people think it ever can. It also can always go a lot lower than most people think it can. We were in the zone from a timing perspective We were also in the zone from a pricing perspective, but we don't necessarily always know exactly where the market's going to stop short. Sometimes we have a good beat on it, sometimes we hit it spot on, and other times we have an idea, but the market's going to have its own idea of what the final destination is. Now we're also going to get to that tonight as well, because we may or may not have seen the final destination. And what I mean by that is the final destination on the upside. Let's keep a couple of things in mind. Today was a down day. That doesn't mean the market's going to collapse. And it certainly doesn't mean tomorrow has to be down. From day to day, the market could be up, the market could be down. It doesn't necessarily have to go in the same direction every single day. So where did we stop today? On close, we stopped right underneath or we closed right underneath the important 263 number. I think that's relevant. We close the day at 262.94. I think that's the market's way of giving us a clue. I believe that's a puzzle piece. I'm putting it on the table. I've been going with the premise for a while that 263 is important. The market stopped at 263 on Thursday, and now it closed slightly below 263 having had the opportunity to close above 263. So I do hold some importance to that. Another thing we discussed a while ago, and for those of you that might be new here, I'm going to do it again. We discussed it a few weeks ago, and I started to draw out a schematic of what the market was likely to look like. So I'm going to do it again, and we don't know for sure exactly what's going to happen, but let's go with what we have so far. So we had a run up. 
And now we had somewhat of a pause. Now, we don't know whether this was a one-day wonder or not, but let's just assume for a second, for the purposes of this example, that it's not a one-day wonder. Let's assume the market has a little more to fall before it finds a little more footing and then makes a decision from there. So let's just say we go down a little bit farther. Let's say we closed here today, and let's say here's at some point on Wednesday. Maybe it goes down into Thursday as well. But what I'm thinking is the market is likely to find some sort of footing. Remember, I've been discussing day after day. The market doesn't just make it that easy. It doesn't just hand you everything on a silver platter. Sometimes it does. Most of the time it doesn't. So part of my schematic has another move to the upside. So let's say later this week we begin another move to the upside. Everybody will say this was a minor pullback and correction, and now we're resuming the uptrend, and that's fine. Now, here's the tricky part. The tricky part is, do we make higher highs and complete an ABC pattern, or do we fail and make a lower high? That's certainly possible. Now, we're back on the chart, and let's move the chart over, and let's do the same thing, but using the actual chart. Where would my target be on the downside for the market to find what I would call common sense natural area of footing or support? The first area that my eye is drawn to is 257.40, which has an existing gap that is left open, not by much, but it still is an open gap, and it is in the area of a former breakout area. Not a tremendous breakout area, but a breakout area nonetheless. Now, here's what I'll say. If you want to gauge the strength or weakness of the market, if the market were to rush down and fill this gap right away, for example, let's just say for argument's sake, within the next day, I think that would be necessarily a sign of some weakness. It's not set in stone, but that's the way I would read it from the outside looking in before it happened. Obviously, we have to see everything in real time, make decisions in real time. But to me, if it ran right down there and filled the gap, I would think the market has another destination on the downside. Again, not set in stone. It's just my thinking. I'm letting you into my mind. Remember, it's a very dangerous place to be. What about the other side? What happens if the market is not as weak as we just discussed? What happens if it comes down a little bit, comes up short of the gap? Well, let's say that area short of the gap was right around 258 and a half. Again, these are approximations. I'm just trying to give you an idea of what I'm pre-planning if the market were to drop into this area relatively quickly. I think we would find some semblance of support. Now, let's go back to the schematic. So let's say we came down here. Again, this is hypothetical. I don't know that we're coming down here tomorrow, but we certainly can come down here over the next couple of days. Let's say that did take place and the market did find some support. The question is, are we going to make a lower high or are we going to make a higher high? Now, let me make the case on either side. This is very, very premature, so I'm just giving you some real, real early coming attractions. And by the way, the other case that we didn't even discuss is 
The market could cut through this area like a hot knife through butter. And if we began closing hourly below 257.40, something different was developing and we would likely see lower prices rather than the schematic that I just drew out. Again, these are things that you just have to be able to read in real time. So let's talk about both cases. The lower high is easy, so the market makes a lower high, and then we make some lower lows. That's one possibility. Again, we don't know any of this yet. I'm just pre-planning. The other case is the market pulls back, and this really is an ABC pattern in development, and the ABC pattern looks like this. Here's your A leg, here's your B leg, and then the C leg would complete somewhere above the high of the A leg. That's still not out of the question. It's still a possibility. That's why I have the 271.50 on the screen. You didn't think I was just going to blow past that without discussing it, did you? But there's something else. But wait, there's more. There were some of you that even sent me this trend line that I've had my eye on for a few days as we began to start rising in the market and approaching this level. I start looking at what the possibilities are. If we were to run much higher, that trend line may certainly prove formidable if we were to hit it sooner than later. If we were to go sideways for, let's just say, several days or more, then that changes everything. But if we were to hit it within the next few days, I think that trend line would prove to be formidable. What happens when we drill down on the S&P or the spider chart to the hourly chart? I want to give you the visual of what I'm looking at, what I just showed you on the daily chart. Let's get the visual and the explanation on the hourly chart. We came into the 50 period moving average and we really had somewhat of a rally off of that area today. Common, normal, garden variety market behavior. But here's really what I wanted to point out before when we discussed the fact that it was a breakout area and it didn't look so good from the daily chart. It didn't look wonderful, but on the hourly chart, you can see it's much more distinct as a breakout area and that's why you see where i've targeted 258.50 down to 257.40 it's obviously give or take but i think that's the zone where if this market came down there within the next session or so i think this area would be supportive right now of the market and i think it would produce somewhat of a bounce or rally away from that area how high we'll see what happens let's first get there and then we'll make the determination i'm getting a little bit out over my skis on this one but i want to give you the total picture that i'm looking at briefly i just want to mention the morning notes the new product the inside the numbers it comes out each and every morning and it's going today to existing subscribers, but it will be available shortly to anybody that wants it. Anybody that's taken the Lazy E-Mini Trader course, I appreciate your patience. I'm working as hard as I can to get all these technology pieces put together. So I'm reliant on other people, and I promise you they're working on it. But more importantly, this morning in the notes, we pretty much had the schematic. I indicated to the traders that above and below certain price levels were bullish or bearish. And when we stayed below, it was an indication that we were going lower. And then we had obviously certain support levels on the downside that would have been tradable targets. There were some trades. There was a morning gap trade that worked out. There was a trade that didn't work out. There was another couple of trades that worked out. 
But here's the other one that I want to point out because a lot of people have been asking for swing trades. So I threatened to come out with a swing trade product, but in exchange for that, really what I did was I combined everything into one report. It's now called Inside the Numbers, and it even includes swing trades. So these are based off usually daily or weekly charts, and the first swing trade that went on the list was Goldman Sachs at a price of $202. It hit that price on Friday, and today you see what happened. The stock today made a low just under $197. And I know there are some traders that did take this trade, so I'm going to answer what I did answer a few already. I've already taken a partial profit at $197, just north of $197. And I'm going to let the rest go, but I'm certainly not going to ever let this trade go against me. So I've guaranteed a profit, and if it should ever, even intraday, trade above 202, I'm going to punch out of the trade, and I'll take the winner on the portion that I've already put in my pocket. That's how I treat trading as a business. Sometimes we'll get a lot more. The stock will drop further tomorrow, the day after that, whatever the case is. And other times you only get the piece that you took off when the stock dropped as soon as you took the position. And that's one of the main reasons I did that. When they hand you money on a silver platter immediately, you have to take some of it off the plate. And to make the point even more clear, I was only in the trade for a total of about five or six hours before I took my first profit. That's the reason why I took the first profit. Let's go back in our lane and wrap up the S&P and run through the other markets that are relevant to today's activity. Briefly, we'll take a look at the volume and the volume was still underneath the average daily volume. So that has me scratching my head just a little bit on a big down day where the Dow was down 300 points and the S&P was down 37, 38 points, almost 1.5%, you would think that the volume would be heavier on the downside, but it wasn't. So that's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. The fact that we had light volume tells me that they may not be done with the upside just yet. Doesn't mean we can't go down farther tomorrow, but to not sell off on heavy volume like this is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It doesn't give us an answer, but it is a clue. How about the IWM, my favorite market-leading indicator? So the IWM was pretty much on pace, give or take, with the S&P 500 in terms of percentage down today. So all things being equal, it really wasn't telling us a story one way or the other. And that's okay because we've been discussing the fact that for the most part, all markets trade together. And by the way, where did we go to on Friday? 147.50 was the number, the high. Let me move it over so we can see the actual high was 147.92. We put the 147.50 on the chart long before price got there. Why was that an important area? It was a former breakdown area. The market went right back to test the breakdown area. How many times do we go over that? Over and over and over again. And the reason is because it works over and over and over again. We see this on all time frames, all charts. Makes no difference what the vehicle is. We see it every single day. Doesn't matter whether the market is coming up to a breakdown area or coming back down to a breakout area. 
The transports, my second favorite market leading indicator. Now they got murdered today down almost 2%. Now you would think that they're going to at minimum of fill this gap down here, right? I would think so. Also, there's an interesting market symmetry component right out of the course that shows up on the transport chart. I'm looking at it right now. Any trader that's taken the course should be able to see the symmetry that occurred on the daily chart in the transports. It really is fascinating. Like the other markets, the transports will follow suit. So if we're going to see a further decline in markets, the transports should follow suit. If we're going to see an update, the transports should follow suit. Now, if they don't, that's an indicator. So we're watching for divergences. We're watching for markets that are leading in one direction or another. And that's why I watch the transports, the IWM, the SMH, the financials. I watch all these markets and a whole lot more all day, every day. I just glance over and I want to make sure that anything that may be diverging and important to the big picture or the bigger puzzle, I want to make sure that those things are front of mind. The financials. Let's talk XLF for a moment. Now, we had one heck of a tremendous rally in the XLF. Going back to $25, remember we discussed the fact that 25 under normal conditions would be reasonable area for resistance. But what happened is the market gapped above 25. We talked about it then. That's a lot of times how the market gets through an area. Either it has to beat it down to get through it, or it jumps over it, making it easier for the market to get through a resistance or a support area. That's what happened in the XLF. Now look where we are. We're sandwiched in between the 100 period and the 50 period moving average. Remember, without the financials participating, either collapsing on the downside or rallying on the upside, the major markets are unlikely to do something different. Not sure I was 100% clear. My point is that the financials are generally going to be a leading indicator, whether it's on the up or the downside. The type of rally that we had off the bottom in the financials is an indicator, at least right now, until and unless, for argument's sake, we get back below 25. But right now, it's an indicator. This market is not going to just fall out of bed and unravel. That's at least what the financials are telling me right now. Doesn't mean something won't change a week or two from now. That's what they're telling me now. How about the other hand? On the other hand, the SMH absolutely got hammered today down almost 3%. So that's the other side of the equation. The NASDAQ composite was down almost 2%. So you can see they're throwing technology out. So when they throw technology out or they throw the small caps out where they throw them all out, basically they threw everything out today, that's an indicator that they're taking risk off. So we definitely have some diverging broader market indicators. We have some technology coming off, meaning risk coming off. The financials are telling us things aren't going to just fall out of bed. And we have several other things that are pointing in opposing directions. So when that's the case, what do we have to do? We have to wait for more evidence. We have to wait for more information and every single day the market will provide that additional information just to change perspective a little bit we'll look at a weekly chart and since we're on the SMH why not look at the SMH weekly chart this is in a very very obvious downtrend 
It is until it's not, and it really won't be, up until the point in which we're able to close at minimum of daily and most likely weekly above. It's short of $100, but we'll use $100. It's a nice big fat round number. So here you can see, even if we rally up a little bit, we're going to run into resistance right around the 20 and the 100 week moving averages. So we have a lot of work to do on the upside, but I want to give you everything I'm looking at. I look at a wide variety of things. I look at 10-minute charts. I look at weekly and monthly charts. I look at everything in between. And that's how, every single day, I make an attempt to put together the puzzle, giving us the best opportunity to understand what direction and where the target is for each and every market we're discussing. Gold is coming down a little bit out of this pattern, meaning underneath now the 20-period moving average on the daily chart. It will be important to see if, in fact, gold comes down a little bit. It'll be important to see if it holds 1270. 1270 will be important. If it does not hold 1270 on the downside, then lower prices are likely. But right now... It's still in an uptrend, and the 20-period moving average isn't as important as, for example, the moving averages that reside underneath price because we've been riding the 20-period moving average. So when you're riding an average and it's close by, it becomes less important as, for example, in this case, a support area. And you can see we got below it in one shot, and now we're struggling, or gold is struggling, to get back above the 20-period moving average. But I don't hold that much weight to that moving average. Let's give gold another day or so, see what happens. See if it drops down a little bit toward that 1270 area. That would be interesting to see if that holds. The other side of that, it's still somewhat bullish. And if it continues to hold in this general area, what we'll find is that it'll be consolidating underneath the 100-week moving average. So it's either going to go sideways to build some energy to trade through this on the upside, or it's going to fall away, get below these moving averages, and then come all the way down to, what's the low here, 1260. So I was talking about 1270 from a daily chart perspective. 1260 is an important number on the weekly chart. So you can see where 1260 to 1270 would be interesting if intra-week, intra-day, we came down or gold came down to test that zone. Crude oil, nothing much important going with crude oil right now. Again, this is still a bullish chart. We're above the 20 and 50 period moving averages. We just had a down day, but we had some rally off the bottom, just like with everything else in crude oil. So today was just a down day. We're not going to really make anything more or less out of it than that. And with that, I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis. Music